Monique Porras, we are live. Yes. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sean? Oh, fantastic. What are you up to today? I see a lot of sunlight. And what's the weather? A lot of sun over here in Phoenix. It's a little too much sun. So we went from this comfortable, like, 73 to 78 degree temperature. Yeah. And then within one day, it's 103, 104. So it's been that way, but it is going to drop back down. But it didn't give us kind of an adjustment period, right? <laughs> Just right. right into it. So it's a hot day over here. Hot. So so you said 104 degrees? Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's raining here. And uh, it's my understanding oh. it's going to be raining through the rest of the uh, the weekend. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But I do, I do miss it. I do miss the rain from over there. I can tell you. <laughs> it doesn't rain that often? Uh, it rains more than people think it does here. But yeah, when it happens, we get excited. Okay. Monique, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with me today. I've been doing this every Thursday. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because I had put this in, you know, I do some goal setting every year. And yeah. uh, for the 2019 goal, it was to really start to uh, interview professionals. And I wanted to step outside my industry, like outside the mortgage industry. And uh, so I want everybody to know that's listening. We still do mortgages at Fortis. I still do mortgages. I'm busier than I've like probably ever been. We are. But the thing is, is what's been great for us is to, at least specifically for me, is like you, relationships I've had for over 20 years and people that are true experts in their field to be able to provide this information and bring this knowledge to people to help during certain periods of time is priceless. And so oh, yeah. I was, you know, in the house and couldn't really go anywhere. And you know what? I want to, you know, make the most of this opportunity. And so every Thursday, as you know, I've been interviewing professionals, uh, you know, largely relating to real estate and mortgage financing, but things like this and conversations like we're having today. Oh, and so I saw the article that you wrote on LinkedIn. I'll let you introduce yeah. yourself in a sec. But you wrote an article that, you know, really kind of stood out to me. And remember, I text you. I'm like, you know what? Let's just, let's just talk about this. Let's, let's, yeah. This is what we should talk about. Yeah. And so we'll touch on the three things that we're here to talk about. And then okay. you know, we want to deviate from that. And yeah, but tell us about yourself. Tell us about your company. And then okay. also tell us what kind of uh, possessed you to write that article, the great article that you yeah. wrote. So I'll first say something. I'll first say something, Sean, to you mentioned. I think, you know, like you said, you know, typically you're talking about mortgage and real estate. And when you and I were just doing some shares right over the last few weeks, it opened, I think, both of our minds, right? And I think that's one of the keys happening right now is we learn so much from each other and to embrace other industries, people that are, you know, have specialties in other industries. I think it's huge. And I think what happened with you and I unfolded so organically. So I love it. And I love that you opened up with that. So I just wanted to share it that I think if more of us can do that, we'd be enlightened, you know, right. during this time. Right. But yeah, a little bit more about me, as you know, you and I've known each other for quite some time, right? I, I am a hundred percent. I still say this, I still bleed East coast out of me. It will always be in my DNA, but I did move out to Phoenix the West Coast back in 05. My story is very interesting. I actually came here not knowing anybody to Phoenix. I was attracted to the weather. And so I knew that if I was going to make something happen here, I'd have to build it myself. And that's what exactly what I did. So build this network, a huge network that to this day has proven to be such a big support for me, for my business, 
for my philanthropic initiatives. And so I've been 18 years in the recruiting industry, technically started it over there on the East Coast and then continued it here. And in 2014, I did start my own organization, my own executive recruiting firm. We are boutique. And so I am today a small business owner. So obviously going through it like everybody else is here today from a small business perspective, but still in the business of recruiting, but I vow to change the game of recruiting. And so that has been my big initiatives. And I think some of the things that we talk about here today from that article, I apply it to everything I do every day. But from a from a recruiter and from a business owner perspective, you know, really wanted to change that game. And I saw that recruiting really became transactional, right? Lost the human factor of it. And so my mantra is humanizing recruiting again. That has been my mission. I'll continue to do that. And so that's what we do every day. We partner with businesses, small, early stage startup, high growth, all the way to Fortune 500 organizations, everything in between. We are national. So although we do sit in Phoenix, half of our business is outside of Arizona. So I love We have a diverse portfolio of companies, city cultures, work cultures, all kinds of great diversity. So there's never a dull moment in my world. But that national scope and that national presence, I think, has really expanded us to what happens in the United States as a whole. Now, fast forward to times like this, economy is such a big impact to us and our jobs and our industry and what we do. And so when we're going through something like this, we're hit direct on, right? Because I'm in the business of jobs. And when the economy shifts and change like it has, so will our business and so will us. And so we've got a lot to share and a lot to insight to provide. And so today, that's what we're trying to do is is provide that insight, hence the article that I wrote. And I'll continue to write very transparent and authentic writing. Right. It was definitely authentic. And so when the way you opened up, you're just kind of like, I'm tired of Netflix. I'm tired of... Part of that. Listen, I'm coming clean. Let, let's just talk. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't pretty, right? None of this is pretty for any of us. Between me as the recruiter or me as the business owner, one of the fascinating things is that we're all on the same playing field. And what I've taken in the last few weeks is talking to leaders of my companies or any companies, whether we work with them or not, leaders of nonprofits, leaders of all these organizations. And I realized like we're all in this, like it's just pretty. Some hurt more than others. Some are impacted more than others, but at the end of the day. And so I was like, you know what? I just need to be authentic and the role that I play and the impact that I have, let's just put it out there. And that's me, my personality too. So yeah. So, so getting to that. All right. So the research and and like the jobs reports came out uh, this morning, 3.8 million. So the numbers are sliding down, right? So over the past six weeks, though, 30 million Americans have filed, you know, for unemployment, right? Lost a job right. some way. And uh, that's huge. That's a big number. It's never, yeah. never happened like this before. We're used to seeing about what, about 200,000 at you know, any given time. And the max before this was like close to a million, right? Now we're talking about three, four, five. At one point, we were almost 7 million when, when this first happened. So yeah. one of the first things, in your article that I read was you were like, I can tell you, stay positive, stay calm and be mindful. And I'm like, it's okay with me. I get it because we've been through some tough times and weathering the storm. But like, how in the heck is someone really supposed to stay calm and be mindful? And while we're going through this, Monique, with 
30 million, you know, folks losing their jobs over the last six weeks? I know. Yeah. And it's a great question. Right. And, and, and my mindset to saying those words was because, again, I'm in it. Right. I'm in it. I've got to say these things to myself. And so, you know, we're trying to tell everyone that, you know, be positive. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not the only one going through it. None of us are in this alone. We've got support. We're all hit. Like I said, it, it, some of the impact looks different, but we're all impacted. And so we're not alone. And I think just saying that to myself comforted me and we're not. And, and I, and I think, you know, there's a lot of resources, people trying to provide resources to us. Some of those are coming through. Some of those are not. And we all know as the business owners, it's been a little bit of a headache there. And even for not the business owner, the employee waiting for unemployment, waiting for stimulus checks to come, I'm in it too. Right. So all we can do is be mindful. And so what I wanted to do was, and how, what I've been telling myself and what I want to pass to everybody else is, it is the best time to be mindful. And mindful means feel every feeling that you're happening, that's happening, right? Feel it. Again, we're not the only one doing it and we're not the only one going through it. So staying positive by being mindful to the feelings, to what's happening. And at this point, I can't control what's happening around the rest of the world, right? With the economy, we can't help the fall and the dip. Um, but what I can help is myself, right? And I can channel all that energy back onto myself. And that's what the basis of staying positive, be mindful was about was let's just channel, let's just focus on ourselves. We don't do enough of that. On a day-to-day, -day, we're so busy, our regular rigmarole of life, like we're not focusing on ourselves, right? So this is the time to do it. And when I started doing that, I actually was extremely comforted. And I've been telling everybody I talked to, I've been inspired by all this chaos happening around. And the only reason why is because I've been more mindful to myself to improve. So I want to pass it to everyone else. I think we all can do it, whether you're a business owner, whether you're not a business owner, whether you're sitting and have no job, whether your hours were reduced, or whether you're just trying to keep your business alive. Like we all can apply some of the stuff and that's what transforms into being more positive. No, that makes, uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense. You, know, you and I were talking about like the personalities and, uh, yeah. You know, I, they call me uh, in some cases when you apply my personality to an animal, it's a it's a turtle. Right. So <laughs> slow and steady, methodical. And uh, I'm finding during this time it's really drastic and it's uh, so, so unfortunate. But I'm putting my head down and plowing through and, you know, coming up with processes and procedures and such to make things better when we come out of this. And also yeah. trying to put things together to be able to help other people as well. And so. Yeah. Yeah, mindfulness, it has been very important for tons of people that I'm speaking with in our network. But so then we get into the second piece that I want yep. to talk about. All right, tell your story. And I know what you meant by this, but if someone else hears about it, it's like, all right, am I going to go into this employer and tell them everything about me? Like, you know, if, if, <laughs> yeah. if I was arrested or, you know, if I had an issue or, but I know it's re regarding your employment. So, so talk about that. Like, you know, like yep. being qualified for the job, uniquely qualified. Also, yeah. you know, what makes you stand out and why would someone hire you? Can you speak to that? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and read anything on me, what things, the things I do talk about is the power of your story, right? And it is a little bit, actually, it is definitely professional, your professional story, things you bring to the table, but it does intertwine a little bit of just who you are personally, right? And so one of the things that I do, and it throws people off, is, you know, when I meet someone, I'll ask, so what's your story? It's so interesting that the that people just 
frees up uh, and try it. I, anyone listening to this, I recommend you do it. And it's so interesting, the direction that people come at you with of what they define as their story, right? Some people will come back to me and be like, what, what do you mean my story? Like, uh, like, what do I do for a living? Or what, what, what do I like? And it's funny. It just baffles, I think, the mind. And so your story is a little bit truly kind of a combination of both. Now, from a professional perspective, right? If I'm talking to someone professionally, my story is not going to be, you know, some things that you would never tell somebody, like personal things. But there are parts of your story personally of who you are as a person that need to be applied to the professional story. And, And what I mean by that is when we're presenting a candidate. So so just to kind of tell you where I position, where we're at, we're the liaison, right, between a candidate and a company. Companies hire us to fill their positions, right? And so over the decades of doing this, I was like, we could be very, just throw some facts over and I would get the reaction of the client, like, they don't seem really excited about this person. I'm not really sure what they're thinking. Yeah, send me their resume. Again, they're just reading information. So they're just hearing information, facts, and reading information, the facts. And it's not exciting. And so when we started tweaking the story, right, of bringing the story, basically, of the candidate to the surface, it changes. So what does that sound like? That sounds like, I'll give an example. If I'm talking to a client, right? Client, I've got this director of marketing. Let me tell you, came from the East Coast, moved out here to the West, got went back to New York City, was in the grind of the marketing industry and branding and that competitive nature. That competitive nature allowed them to build this project, this success for this organization, took them from no brand to complete brand awareness within 12 months. You know, that's part of their hustle. That's part of their drive. And for their next opportunity, they're looking for that same sort of environment where they can take a brand from nothing and make it into something very quickly. That's the story. Yeah, I got no. Right. And I incorporated, right, a little bit of them personally, right, their hustle, right, their drive. That's who they are. But then I incorporated the professional part of it, right, what they did, their successes, taking it from the bottom to the top. That's the story. Now, when we started sharing candidates that way, that's when we could see the reactions and hear Mm -hmm. the reaction from the Mm -hmm. client, right? Mm -hmm. That can be applied to anything in life. And I started applying that. So that is why it became one of our mantras is the power of the story. Now it works on the flip side. So we've got to attract these candidates to these organizations, right? And so so in order to do that, I've got to sell the story of the company, of the position, of the hiring manager to that candidate. It's not, just, it's not the job description. It's not the requirements. It's not the duties of the role. No, it's the story of the organization. Okay. So what does that sound like? Right. Something similar. This organization was started in the garage by these two individuals. And within five years, they had real estate, you know, in multiple locations spread throughout the United States. Boom. And then now where they're at today, that story sounds way more engaging than just the job role, right? How the job was created. What's the story behind that? So there's stories on both sides of the fence. But there's power in that, right? And so I don't think we do enough work or good enough job, I should say, telling our story. So this is the time. And that's what I mean by I want everyone to sit back. And if I asked you today, what is your story? What would your answer be? It baffles most people that I ask. They yeah. jumble, jumble over the words. They don't know what to say. Right. But what is the story? If I've got 30 seconds with you, and I'm a leader in an organization that you want to be at. 
and they ask you what your story is, what will you say? So let's lay it out, right? Like start talking about it. And there's no right or wrong to it. It's your story. I can't tell you what your story is. You can't tell me what mine is. But where's that impact? In that story is that impact. So similar to my example with the with the candidate story is it was a little bit of, of, of who they were and it was also that impact. So that should be your story and practice it, right? And, and how do you start? Write down, just write down your story of what drives you, what motivates you, what are you attracted to? Then what have you impacted? What literally have you done successfully in your life? Doesn't have to be the last job. Doesn't have to be the current. Could be a couple jobs ago. That is still a success that you can't erase. So tell that story because that's where you came from and that's what's made you who you are today. So that sort of telling of your story is what I think is way more powerful. And that's what I mean. So I want people to focus on that. Okay. I think we'll be more no, yeah. that's, that's that's great advice. Um, I, I think um, that's most important because you you want to humanize yourself, like you're saying, and not right. just be, be a number and a thing. So speaking right. of that, humanizing and getting beyond the resume, right? What yep. what's the yep. deal with resumes going forward? And like like what what do what, what are we doing with the resume? I know. You know what? It's interesting. So I'll kind of take share the evolution, I guess, of the resume, right? I Many, many years ago, everything, so much weight was in that resume. Truly was. I think if you remember, maybe maybe Gen Xers and, and older might remember this, where resume, the rules, right, could be more than a page. Remember oh. all those rules and the margins and you couldn't really have fun with them and graphics. Oh, no, 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 don't do that, right? But it's really really changed over the years. And so um, how has it changed? It has changed to, we don't care that it's a page, it's two pages. I still get asked to this day, remind you, you know, people get resumes electronically. We're not sitting there when we scroll down counting the pages, right? It's just not important anymore. Uh, and, and as you build more years of experience, you know, you're going to have a longer resume or executive summary, which some people do. But the resume still has some weight, right? Like at the end of the day, it is the snapshot for organizations to see. But I think cover letters, I think with how resumes are exchanged through referrals, through technology, it is now through social media sites working. I truly believe resumes are getting more exchanged that way, right? Which means you have a voice to it. Just like us, we're, you know, companies were still using us. Uh, it was still needed to use a third party to help fill their roles. We are the voice of the candidate. And so when you have that, it's such a big plus because, again, that voice could be your storyteller. Now, if you don't and, you know, people still apply traditionally, right, online through posts, I think because you can be more creative with your resume and the content put in there, it's loosened up so much over time, you could pretty much get that story incorporated into that resume. Of course, if you have a cover letter, you could really, I tell everybody that cover letter or intro, if it's sending it through an email or portal, that summary that you could type up, that is your time to get your personality to shine through, right? And again, telling the story, that is your canvas to tell the story so that they can read that and go, wow, I like the way that person thinks. Wow, I like their drive. Wow, they're hungry. I really think they would do well here. That is your canvas to do that. So you've got a couple different ways to do it. But I think with the resumes are still going to be needed. They're still going to be asked and they're still going to be required. But I think you'd have more fun with them this time. You know, yeah. now. 
So, so it sounds like the cover letter. The, the one thing I wanted to say, Sean, real quick, if I can, is yeah. on the resumes is people do not put enough impacts on the resume. So I always say this, every bullet point that you have on that resume, you should say to yourself in your head, okay, I created proposals and reports on a daily basis. Okay, that's fine. A lot of people stop there. But in your mind, you should go, this is what I did. And this was the impact. impact. Okay, so right. So, you know, I created proposals and reports on a daily basis, provide, you know, which allowed the executives to have up to date reports and make up-to-date changes to whatever the case may be, right? Like that's impactful, right? The executives get that. Uh, there's, I mean, there's so many examples, but I think once you start saying that to yourself, what did, and then the impact, that becomes way more powerful. And it, I start to learn your story. I start to learn your impact and what you bring to the table. So I think if most people go back to their resumes, they probably don't have that at the end of every bullet, right? The item, the action item and its impact. That's what you got to think every time. So some people put numbers, some people put stats, some people are good there, some people are not. So you do want as many statistics that you can, because again, that shows impact. But sometimes impact is not just a number. Sometimes impact is more kind of like my example that I just did. It's, so what did you do? What what you did, did what for the organization? What did it do for the bottom line? What did it do for the you know your peers? Uh, what did it do to drive business? I mean, Everything you do does something to move the organization forward. Put that in there. Yeah, that's awesome. I know there's a lot of people that needed to hear that right now because, you know, we're, we're all working on something. Biggest piece is the story. So whether you have a job or not now, you still want to uh, be able to, you know, to hone that story in. Yeah. And that's the greatest impact. In regards to the the, uh, the resume, what my takeaways were that I wrote down is uh, the cover letter and intro are important, as well as create action items right? To all of your bullets and impacts. And also impact. try to put some uh, some stats in there too as well. Yeah. That's super important. Because that we all, as a business owner, I want to know how you're going to help us move the needle and impact our company. And, yeah. you know, and I want to know what you've done in the past to be able to do that and help me feel comfort that you're going to be able to help us, you know, achieve those goals in the future. So I think right. that's super important. And I, and the reason why it is super important, I'm going to tell you, is because the conversations that I'm having with organizations and leaders at organizations is when they are ready to bring people back, they're doing a lot of self-reflection themselves, these organizations, meaning who they have, right? The caliber of people they have. And so there is conversations that are happening where when they, they say, when we're ready to bring people back, I think we're going to really look into who we're bringing back, meaning the caliber. I think we're going to up it. I oh, think we're going to get bolder, stronger, you know, whatever it is, bigger thinkers. So they're doing self-improvement, right? As an organization, which yeah. is going to affect every affect everyone trying to get a position. So we all need to be doing that ourselves and improving and upping ourselves. And how we do that is through our presentation, which is going to be the resume, but it's also going to be how we verbalize who we are. And when you have those moments and those opportunities to share with somebody, uh, whether it's an interview or something else to share our background, be ready, be ready for that story and be ready for that story to be impactful. And it can be even as short as 30 seconds. So, but through all this, I will say it again, authenticity is it. 
Humility and authenticity gets you so much farther. And I see it happen right in front of my eyes when candidates come to the companies that way, right? For their interviews, when Mm -hmm. they're more authentic and they're more humble, it has gotten so much farther. Even someone may not even have the requirements and they can still get that position because they bring these intangibles to the table that you can't train on, right? Right. Uh, And I think those are going to be very important as companies start to hire again. And I'm pretty confident it will be just because of the direct conversations I've been having. So we all got to up ourselves, you know, everybody. I'm Uh, really proud of you. You, You've done an amazing job and you've helped lots of people. Uh, I don't know public knowledge, Monique. I'm not going to spoil it, but I think you do you have an announcement. (laughs) Uh, Public knowledge. Can we talk about it or not? Not really. No, let's do it. Let's do it. And I do want to end on something uh, before we end on something. I want to share something that was told to me, and I know I shared it with you, Sean, on envisioning. I think this is a good time for people to do that envisioning. So let me share that real quick, and then I'll I'll, I'll make my cool. announcement. And stuff. Right. But one of the things is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tone her horn here, and she's a phenomenal internationally recognized individual that I am so lucky to personally know, but something that was taught to me, and so I believe in some, you know paying everything forward, is one of the things that we can do at this point while we're doing this, being more mindful and improving ourselves from a professional standpoint to verbalizing our story and telling our story is Letitia Fry. And she's based in Phoenix, uh, but international. She's an auction tainer is what she's she's termed herself as. Has a book out actually, uh, and I'd recommend anyone picking it up, but it's called No Reserve, Take Ownership, Live Your Life, No Limitations. Great book. But she's told me something the other week as we were going into all this, and it was envisioning your ideal self, right? Like if there's a place that you want to be in, meaning a particular job, let's say you're laid off right now, you're at home, you're stressed, you're wondering what's the next role I'm going to get into. As you're mapping out what you want to do, envision it, envision yourself in it. And I mean, in present tense. So write it out, write it out of your ideal role. What does that feel like? You're sitting in the chair at the desk. Describe it. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you smelling? Everything you can think of, of your ideal, write it out. And she has done that for herself and everything has kind of come through. You're envisioning it and writing it out in such detail that when it does happen, it's like deja vu. And when she said that, that resonated with me so much. So I've been doing that and applying that. And even even as to, to the things that I want to happen as we come out of this, the things that have impacted my business that I want to see, I've been writing it down to, like I said, the details where it's hitting all my senses. And it, it's almost like affirmations, right? You put it in the air, it comes. You know when people say that? Uh, when you write it down, we always say that as business owners too, it, it, you're going to make it happen. So I'd recommend everyone to do that. And that's my my pay it forward advice. I never like to keep that stuff in. And that's something I know Letitia believes in too. So I have to share it. It's amazing stuff. Try it out. Do it. And this could be professionally or personally on something that you're looking for and, or you want. Let's make it happen. Write it out in detail. So that's what I want to share, Sean. Yeah, I know yeah. you want to no, no. I, I typically ask um everyone to do parting words. I don't even know if you need to share your your thing now. No, I'm just kidding. But no, that, that, was, that was great information. That's my parting word. <laughs> yeah, but I know you you're big in philanthropy and yeah, uh, and that's been a big part of uh, what you do and how you you know networked and built your business and just yep. 
And so, you know, you text me last week and you gave me some information and I was just like, I was so excited. I thought that was oh, great. So, so grateful. Yeah. So, so a couple of things, I am big in philanthropy, yes. And uh, I've uh, definitely built some years of expertise in that world. The, my reason why is I feel like as somebody who built a network and has a big network here and beyond here, how do we flip that and do something good for the community? That is my driving factor to all this, and it has really paid off. And so, I've, yes, I've, I've chaired events, I've started programs, I've I try to help people out that I believe in their mission and their vision. And it's something as a now as a business owner that I feel as a corporate leader in the community, we got to give back. Most of what I have focused on has been in Arizona. It's my home, and it's I, I do want to help what's right here in my neck of the woods. So but one of the personal goals I've had for myself is to branch out and do something on a big scale, on a national scale, because not just Arizona needs help. I will never stop dedicating myself to my local community. That will never stop. But one of the things I had gotten exposed to a while ago was uh, ESPN's The V Foundation. And so my mom died of cancer as a lot of people know, when I was young. And so cancer is a big uh, mission of mine, children and cancer. And so in the last two years, I've been focused on cancer and the V Foundation. If anyone knows, it was created from Jim, Jim Valvano, one of the best speech, sports speeches of all time. Yeah, uh, well, and a basketball coach, yeah. Yep. Yep. Back in the 90s and unfortunately passed away soon after his speech, but very inspiring. And his foundation had been formed. And so they've got a portion of that foundation where they've picked. I'm number 12 in the United States. What I understand, I'm number 12. And I had to go through an entire interview process and they really check and, and you know really look into it. But clearly they see I can bring something to the table. I am honored. I am so grateful and thankful to have that platform to help. And, and our focus is going to be on some of the big events that they do. Now, of course, conversation, maybe how creative do we get now, right? So we'll, yeah. we'll be having conversations, but with major sports names and building a legacy from a V Foundation perspective and helping with that. So it's incorporating all the things, cancer, events, fundraising. And what I know I'll be able to do is incorporate some of my contacts, even in Arizona, that would support, maybe they align themselves with sports, but then be able to pull my contacts from all over the United States to help with this. And so I'm excited for it. And I'm, I'm so grateful. So grateful. So that is my announcement. Awesome. <laughs> well, I do have another, I think this is the year of sports. I I'm also the NASCAR championship race is hosted in Phoenix this year. It's been 19 years in Miami and they changed to Phoenix. And so uh, I've been honored to be on that NASCAR championship host committee. That race is in November of 2020. So you know we've got so a lot of meetings and with all this you know happening, things have you know shifted. I really don't know what that will look like, but I'm on the committee and I'm honored to be on it. Our governor is our chair, and you know I'm I'm with some amazing CEOs and leaders in the in the community, and uh, and this is a national international you know event, obviously, and so this will be interesting. So I've got two sports two sports to focus on. I'm excited. Good for you. So we, <laughs> had, we actually had a quick question in here. I, I would typically just kind of wrap it up and say, you know, everyone stay safe and, you know, have a great day. 
And so we had a question, uh, what do not advices would you have for the fellow entrepreneurs uh, pursuing entrepreneurship? So I'm actually going to take this one. And uh, Chalufia, I know him. So I would say the do, not the do not, right? So it's really about number one, you know, who are you? I think you need to figure out who you are. You need to figure out what you do. You need to figure out what type of experience you have doing what you say that you're going to do, right? You need to figure out who you're your target audience is, where you're going to find that target audience, right? And then how are you going to bring them into your your, your circle, right? And to, to be able to service them. And that all comes with a plan. So at the end of the day, it's really about like in regards to entrepreneurship is to get started. You know, some people go out and they're willy nilly and they just, you know, kind of throw things against the wall and see if it's sticks. <laughs> Get lucky and that might work for you. But I personally feel like um, before you start any venture, business venture, you have to have some sort of a plan and a direction to know where you're going. So I don't necessarily know that I have a do not advice other than do not go into it without knowing those things, asking yourself that those questions. But that, that would be how I would answer that question. I agree, actually, Sean, with you is one of the things when I started my business and you know, people always talk about the fear and the fear. And I'm like, no, no, I was fearless. And I was fearless because I focused on the do's. Yeah. Exactly. That, right. What's what I'm going to do to move the bar? What I'm going to do to be different? What I'm going to do, do? It was it was always on that and didn't really look behind. Right. Yeah. And of course, we make mistakes. And of course, you know, you get through stuff and you're like, OK, wait, I can't do that again or do not do that. Yeah, but, the energy, twice. Yeah. Yep, but the energy was on the do's. And I yeah. think if you if you put that energy on uh, the stuff that moves forward, it's amazing what comes back what comes back at you. Hands yeah. down. I agree. This was uh this was an awesome conversation. Uh once again, I can't thank you enough for helping us out. I just uh, I'm always blessed and I'm not the smartest person in my network. That makes me feel great. <laughs> it really does. You know, some people like to be the smartest in their crew, but no, 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 not me. No, 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 no <laughs> I, we gotta keep pushing forward. So you know, that's thank right. you for all that you do and uh for everybody that's listening. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you, Sean, and thanks for what you do. Appreciate it. Yeah.